Hi, I'm Kim Rickards, professional superglue and co-creator of Manifest. Manifest is a global platform with a vision to empower professionals of color to make connections and build intentional community to manifest careers, dreams, and goals. In this podcast, we will nurture, inspire, connect, and elevate our listeners through relevant stories and conversations. Now, let's Manifest. Hi, everyone. Today, we have a very special guest with us someone who I've been to a few different types of events with, someone who I truly appreciate and I lean on when I'm planning my trip, specifically around Carnival. So I'm going to let her introduce herself to you. And then we're going to talk about her journey and how Carnival has been such a huge part of her personal as well as corporate life. So Sandra, do you want to join us? Of course, Kim. Thanks for having me on the show. My name is Sandra. I go by Sandra Mangia in my social media. That's my first name and middle name. I love to travel. I love carnival. I started a blog, sandramangia.com, a couple of years ago where I kind of decided it was going to be a spot to talk about my trips to different carnivals across the Caribbean and in the U.S. Just wanted to share tips and recommendations and reviews of my experiences just to make it easier for other travelers and masqueraders who kind of they want to travel and plan their own carnival experiences. That's a little bit about me. I'm Cameroonian, a country in West Africa, and I currently live in Chicago. So this is actually pretty cool because you touched on your heritage. And what's usually interesting is that most people would assume that Caribbean carnivals or even the U.S.-based ones are people that are from the Caribbean that are attending them, right? For the most right. part. But you and I both know that that's not true at all, that there's everyone from everywhere attending these carnivals worldwide. I wanted to kind of go back a step and tell us about your day job. Like, what do you do when you're not fetching and masquerading? So by day, I work in the investment banking industry on the client-facing side. So I speak to people every day. It's very networked and people-heavy. The days can be stressful. And definitely thinking about the next trip I'm taking or what keeps me pretty <laughs> excited about my day-to-day activities and responsibilities. <laughs> so for sure. Speaking of that stress, is that how you got into Carnival? Was it something that was like, I need a break from the normal vacation? I was thinking about this, kind of like thinking about my story. Like how did I get into this? I want to say it all stems from music, honestly. <laughs> like, That's music. a good place. I think just growing up in an eclectic household and community, some of the music I listened to growing up, it was kind of a mishmash of obviously African music, but also a lot of Caribbean music. We listened to a lot of reggae and like soca and soup at home. So I kind of had that familiarity and background to it, but I would say that it was really just when I went to college and like met some of my West Indian friends who kind of taught me a little bit more about the culture, the significance of carnival, the history, that it kind of became an obsession for me. And I started Mm -hmm. to seek it out. So I would Mm -hmm. go to events. My first carnival was DC Carnival back in 2008 when I was in college. So yeah, like, I mean, I didn't play math at that time, but it was just kind of like observing, you know, what happened. Yeah, exactly. Just kind of feeling like what goes on and the music and stuff. So I was still kind of getting familiar with like the whole thing. And my first time actually really participating was in Caribata oh, in wow. 2013. Yeah, it's been quite a bit of a journey. 
(laughs) You didn't just jump right into playing math. It was like a few years later, you're like, you know what? Okay, let me commit to the math side of things. Right. I think there was a little bit of the confidence factor as like a 20 year old. You're like, "Uh, I don't know if I want to dress like that. But (laughs) over time, you know, you just kind of let go and decide to do things your way. And that was my realization. It was just kind of like, I'm just, I need to do things anyway. Because if I decided until my parents approved or my friends joined mm-hmm. me, I would never do it. So that was really right. the impetus of going ahead and doing it. And once I did it, it was, the door I couldn't was stop. wide open. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So playing math, for people that are not familiar, playing math is a one-of-a-kind experience, but it can be costly. Yeah. So what I wanted us to talk about was essentially how do you manage that full-time job? So you have full-time responsibilities, but then you also know for carnivals and things of that nature, you have to budget for that. Let us know a little bit of your planning schedule. Like how do you budget the time one off from work, right? Because you carnival hop. So you're taking more time off probably than the person that does one carnival a year. So how do you budget the time? And then what does the financial planning look like? Because it can get costly. Definitely. I'm lucky that I do have like a job that allows a little bit of flexibility, a minuscule amount of flexibility. I can take vacation whenever I want. Some people don't have that luxury. And I do get a decent number of annual vacation days. So in terms of time off, I'm able to spread out the days that I have to go to various carnivals or regular trips over the year. But overall, I do plan way in advance. Like, as a prime example, actually, I haven't even set foot in Trinidad and Tobago for Carnival 2020, and I'm thinking of 2021, because flights <laughs> right. are going to be coming out next week. So, right. <laughs> like, you have to be on example, it. That's an example of how I try to keep costs low as well, is to purchase flights and secure hotels and things like that in advance when prices are still low. So that, you know, I can build and pay things off over time, you know, for tickets and costumes, things like that. I try to do that as well because I guess I try to do that as well, not only to manage that responsibility of not wanting to pay off everything at once, but also it helps to keep my own, I guess, professional life calm. Like I personally would not want to kind of take on another job or have to spend right. overtime in order to like make more money to pay for this. Being able to cut costs at the front end is definitely yeah. a motivating factor for me. And um, but I'm sure I, much of, more helpful. Oh yeah, definitely. In terms of actual financial management, <laughs> in terms of like facilitating this lifestyle, I do have a separate account that I kind of give money into every month right. just to hold there so that, you know, if there's tickets that drop and stuff like that, that's why I pull it out of and mm-hmm. a costume deposit and set tickets and flights sometimes. <laughs> that's usually credit card though. <laughs> but that's how I'm able to make sure that I'm not overspending and try to keep within my budget and make sure mm-hmm. that I outline the budget in advance and try to stick with it as best as I can. Oh, absolutely. And I think the creditors love carnivalists. I do. I believe that they they may be aware. I think they're aware. They're like, wait a second. I see airfare coming in. I'm seeing the math ban. I see all these promoters that (laughs) they're spending money. 
there's a I feel like there's probably some kind of like report that, you know, mint.com yeah. that sends mm-hmm. out because they're like, this month, this person always has high spending. Right. <laughs> this month for and this then you get targeted. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Oh my and gosh. like, I, yeah. I think they're all in it together because I'm almost certain that the creditors are like watching people spending and when you come back from one carnival, don't be surprised if you see an offer in your mailbox that's extending <laughs> a higher limit to you. You know, it's like they may all want those dollars because like I said, it can get pretty costly. But one thing that I realized that you've managed to say, three things that stood out to me, and I think it probably kind of ties back into your full-time job and your corporate skill set, but it's planning, budgeting, networking. Those are the three things that stood out because some people may not realize that that's associated with carnival. They don't realize that the planning is a huge part of it because you want to make sure, again, like you were saying, you're watching these airfares, you're watching the promoter's pages so that you know when these tickets are going to drop. And then you want to budget accordingly. So have that separate account or have some people go into group kind of group vacation funds, if you would. They have it where they're pooling their monies together. But the networking is a huge part of it because if you can't get into something, someone else may have the access, right? And I think it probably goes back to what you do for your day job, right? So maybe no one ever really thought about it, but it's like everything that we probably are doing at our desks for work, we're probably doing it for carnival as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think think that... for your strengths that you exude in, in the workplace, you're probably using those strengths planning for your trip or for your carnival as well. And for oh, me, I think that my planning and organizational skills, I guess, and like the project management responsibilities that I have definitely help me think about the planning of like, say, a Trinidad carnival that's like a year-long affair. <laughs> you know, right. you have, you're focused on that for months at a time, making sure that everything is set and making sure that you don't miss deadlines, e.g. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. So there's definitely a lot of correlation with the corporate skill sets that people have and develop over time with their personal life. Oh, yeah. And then there's communities, right? So that kind of ties back right. into the networking. So for Manifest, we're hugely big on connecting intentionally with professionals. And that can be anyone, anywhere. But for Carnival, it's the same thing. So people are joining these community chat groups so that they can now connect with new people or reconnect right. with old people so that they're all in the loop together. And it's kind of like, no one gets left behind when you think of it because when you are a part of those groups, you're able to have someone looking out for you. So even if you don't necessarily have any idea when a promoter is going to drop something, something may hit that group chat and you're like, oh, yeah. really? <laughs> like, that's coming? Cool. Definitely. Noted. It all kind of ties back again to that whole professional background that we have where we are intentional about being in certain places. Therefore, we put ourselves in certain groups so that we can manifest what we're looking for through the experience. I've met so many people in this crazy, small microcosm of a world, like Carnival Carnival (laughs) community, Carnival Instagram, Carnival Twitter, whatever you call it. It's just really small, but extremely helpful for the newbie, but even the veteran, you know, forming those relationships and building those relationships. It's definitely a useful skill because like you said, you just never know 
what information people have that's going to be put in your radar through a group Mm -hmm. or a Facebook chat or all sorts of different avenues that people are connecting these days. Yeah, and that's the thing. I think with the carnival planning, especially for people that are going into it very new, if they don't have anyone that's super connected, that's one of the best resources, those groups. Those groups are on Facebook, they're on WhatsApp, they're on GroupMe, you know, different places, probably even on Slack. But they're out there, so people should seek them out when they are interested in planning because then not only do you learn, but then you have a new squad. Like you have a whole new crew of people that you will see and familiar faces or even names that you start to recognize. And like you said, it's super small. So you start to see people in the streets. You're seeing them with full clothes on and you're like, oh, that's what you look like (laughs) in your real life. Because again, the community itself, I think it's a small, but it's a very tight community is what I've found it to be. Definitely. You're definitely going to see the same folks. Totally. I mean, which is not a bad thing, but you're going right. to get familiar with people. And the more familiar you are with other people, the more people are willing to help each other out and look out mm-hmm. for each other. It's definitely a community that I've grown very fond of. <laughs> right. And I'm sure that they are super fond of you as well. And that's the other thing, too, that when you have this new community of people and you also have your, I would say, outside carnival crew, sometimes mm-hmm. it's... I don't know about you, but I'm going to speak for me. Sometimes they cross into one another. So it's like you may have been friends from like work. And then all of a sudden, your friends that are fitting together, your friends that are going to carnival together, or it could be someone that you met in a group chat. And then all of a sudden, you're actually working with them outside of that because they've exposed you to something else. So I've seen it on both sides happen, Mm -hmm. which is actually pretty cool. And it's not something that I think people really think about. But yeah. when you do build those relationships and people start to really become familiar with you and that level of trust is there, all of a sudden the doors are wide open to anything happening, positive right. or negative, but mostly, <laughs> mostly positive. Yeah, more positive right. than negative. For sure. But my Another skill set that I wanted to like include as well that I think is useful would be being able to bend and adapt easily. Oh, yeah. The face of carnival and just the way that carnival is being portrayed and the way that it's being sold changes all the time. Obviously, it's become a very popular product. I think that people being able to adapt to plans changing, things falling through, prices of events going up, venues changing, things like that. I think that at least maybe it's the company that I work has helped me adopt like an even keeled attitude so mm-hmm. I must not stress out and I think that that has helped me when I get flustered during carnival planning you know just helps when it comes to adjusting to the natural plan deviations that are definitely going to take place oh and they will take place for sure you have to be fluid in your planning as well as your expectations too because right you can get there and then something happens that you didn't plan for. So I'll speak for myself because that just reminded me of something. Two years ago, when I went to Trinidad Carnival, my friends and I, we went to a boat ride and they no longer do this boat ride, but we were there two and a half hours on the dock waiting for the event to start. That completely threw off every other plan that we had for the rest of the evening because we knew then we were like, we can't go anywhere because of one, where the location was, 
it was one way in, one way out. And there was already a lot of traffic Two, the party hadn't even started. <laughs> so we were like, oh, I guess that means that we can't get to the next one. And what ended up happening is that once it finally started, we had such an amazing time. But we were a little pissed in the beginning because we we're like, what is taking so long? Yeah, you know, imagine. why are they telling us anything? And come to find out, they were actually trying to ensure that everyone on the boat was safe because they had some issue with the boat earlier in the day. So they just wanted to make sure everyone was safe. So just knowing that, that fluidity, that patience, <laughs> you know, like yeah. understanding <laughs> that things will happen, a yeah. lot of patience. Like you have to understand things will happen. And then one of the other things that I tell people, especially people that are not familiar with the Caribbean at all, island time is not the same time as <laughs> like those in the U.S. It tends to be a bit more relaxed. So if you even go into right. a setting where you're super hype and that's the energy you have, you may do more harm than good because you may frustrate them because they don't know why you're that's not just so chill. <laughs> you know, and it becomes this weird exchange. That's actually a really good one. That's so true. This reminds me of just, you know, African time as well, because mm -hmm. there's a lot of similarities in our cultures and just the way of doing things in our, in our mm -hmm. experiences. That's probably why I connect with Caribbean people so easily. Right. That familiarity. But um, I even think about just our expectations when it comes to customer service and things like that oh, and yeah. how I feel like we've become so accustomed to oh we might not hear we might not get answers about this particular thing but it doesn't worry or concern us as much as maybe mm -hmm. someone who is completely unfamiliar with it that's I guess part of adjusting and learning about who you're dealing with and the, mm -hmm. you know, the promoters and stuff like that but at the same time it's also like are we just accepting mediocrity or not, you know? Like, <laughs> All right, we're accepting our is low? the way of life or should we expect more from these people who offer these products and services? Especially at the price point, right? Because oh, sometimes yeah. those tickets are priced super high and you do almost expect to get exceptional service. And then if you walk away with kind of mediocre service, but you excuse it due to island time or island behavior or the culture, then yeah, there may be a little disconnect <laughs> there for sure. But what I was going to ask you was, we're talking so much about how the world crossed over. Have you ever found it to be kind of like a hard time in the sense that I don't know how much you share with your colleagues, but have you ever found it to be a hard time where you probably come into the office now with this beautiful tan because you've been in some exotic <laughs> Caribbean location. Right. And then someone asks where you were and you start to tell them about your vacation, but then they kind of give you that blank stare like, I don't get it. Like, do you find that those conversations <laughs> have happened to you? Is it, is it a hard conversation or do you just kind of leave it very flat where like oh it was on vacation I, exactly I think it's more the latter for me usually where I just okay. I share where I'm going like oh I'm gonna go to St. Lucia or Trinidad or Jamaica or wherever but I usually leave out the part that I'm in carnival <laughs> oh got <laughs> it okay carnival. so I mean my job and my carnival travels are very separate I think I have told my coworkers that I went to a carnival maybe twice ever okay. in my working life <laughs> and I think for that it's privacy, and but it's also 
I don't really like the spectacle and perceived judgment that comes with it from people who don't understand the cultural aspect of it or don't understand. All they see is, oh, you're wearing this risque costume and you're drinking on the street and you went to a party and that's all you do. You know, like I feel like that Mm -hmm. they don't say that, but I can just see it in their eyes and they're like, that's a cute costume. (laughs) Right. You know, just kind of those, those expressions. So I just would rather just keep it to myself. I mean, I like size too. I think the other way around is also evident. Like I don't really, like when it comes to my online presence and stuff, I don't really share about my job or discuss my job or just, I don't right. really blend right. the two. Got so it. So I feel like I'm kind of living a double life. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, these two lives do not interact with one another. But you know, in a way they do, because as we talked about, you know, you have that, planning, organizational background, you're bringing your project management skill to the carnival experience. But then when it comes to sharing with others, I almost feel like you're doing it through your blog as well. So you may not do it with your colleagues on the job, but for the world, they're still learning too about who you are in terms of experiences and carnival. They may not know specifically where you work and where you sit, which is totally fine, but they are learning from you. So you're still doing the knowledge share that you probably would be doing on the job anyway. I mean, I love to share about my experiences because I think when I was planning for my first carnivals and especially my first time I did Trinidad, there wasn't a lot of information out there. And I mm-hmm. was unfortunately scammed. I will admit to wow. that. I'm someone who does a lot of research and reads a lot and asks a lot of questions. The fact that I was, was like a huge shock for me. I think that was one of the reasons I was like, I need to be serious about getting information out there so people are aware, can make informed decisions and just know what they're getting into. Mm-hmm. Which is helpful because like you said, even in this day now, there's still not too many people that are sharing the real deal on <laughs> the carnival experience because the scamming still does happen. So you have to be pretty careful yeah. in your research. and. Just kind of vet it, again, with the carnival community as you go there. Vet these things, too, because that's something right. else that I've realized gets shared, too. So the community almost protects people as best as they can from the scamming. That's oh, pretty definitely. much, I kind of feel like, their place. They've become like a protection mechanism where they're like, wait a second, I saw this on Facebook or this was posted in a chat and I'm going to repost it in every single chat so that no one in this chat gets taken advantage of or no yeah. one that's on my personal page gets taken advantage of, which is pretty cool because probably a few years ago, that may not have been the reality. Yeah, I agree. There's also that accountability factor too, where if you are in this group and people know you, you can't scam others because right, exactly. people looking out for each other, but your reputation is also at stake. So you can't really mm-hmm. just kind of go around doing crazy things to people. Exactly. You will be found out. <laughs> yeah, be found and out. And you will be blasted. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The youth definitely will get that exposure and probably removed from a lot of these groups too because there's a level of integrity there that yeah. people may not realize exists because the groups are so fun, but people do not play when it comes to the scamming and taking advantage of others. That's a real thing. What are some of the, I would say, necessities that you have when you're planning a carnival or when you're 
passed the planning stage and now you're packing your bag. What are some of the necessities that you feel you have to have? I'm actually currently packing right now. And I think that you need to make sure you have a good pair of carnival shoes or boots or whatever you decide to wear on the road. They need to be comfortable. Mm -hmm. If that means you have to blow dry them to widen them a little bit, or you need to get some good insoles or break the shoes in, make sure that you have a good pair of shoes that are going to last for the 10 hours or so that you're going to be on your feet. I think that a good carnival bag, like a bag that to hold your things for carnival, is also pretty helpful. There was a carnival I went to where there was a little bit of theft on the road. I feel like having a bag that's as close to your person as possible is just kind of the best thing to make sure that your belongings are safe. I use mm-hmm. the carnivalista pumps those are my favorites. Because that's right on your wrist and can hardly lose it. It's right there. There's just so many little things that you need for the road. Compression socks are like this new discovery of mine from the last carnival I went to. I'd heard mm-hmm. about it in the past with people kind of giving tips in these wonderful group chats, but I hadn't actually used them before and they really helped me this time with all of the sets that you go to and all of the water you're not drinking that you get. Mm-hmm. So your body just reacts negatively. And so the compression socks help with the compression of the swelling, obviously, make your foot experience, I guess, or whatever, more comfortable on the road and stuff. So make sure you can fit into your boots and your socks and your shoes or your sneakers. Those are the three favorite things in my eyes right now. Those are the only three things there, guys. <laughs> but I, I know, I'm I, like, I've got this weekend to pack. <laughs> you, you have time for sure. And I personally swear by the compression socks because they are game changing. I remember on a Monday in Trinidad, Monday Mass, where one of the girls that I was in the house with, she had mentioned that she was going to wear her compression socks on the road. And I was like, really? She gave me this blank stare, like, how do you not know this, right? And I'm like, well, I'm going to try this because at the time I was wearing boots as well. And I will tell you that that was probably one of the days that I did not realize how long I was on my feet because it really did help. It really helped a lot. And I do find that, again, like when it comes to the sun, like you want to protect yourself from the sun. So, you know, sunscreen is important, but the lip balm, take care of your lips, guys, because sometimes people don't realize this, but you can get sunburn on your lips (laughs) is exactly what I'm saying. So you have to be sure that you're protecting your skin at all costs. You know, if you can carry like a little lip scrub, I found that that helps as well, just to keep your healthcare regimen going so that when you leave Trinidad or wherever you choose to carnival, you will not leave a complete mess. <laughs> you know, like That's you'll so have something that looks normal outside of being probably really tanned, but you know, you don't want to have blistered lips at all. So I find that that's helpful in addition to the sunscreen and for the ladies like that's a really that, good tip yeah so I, I was people like forget that's... about it you know like you put your makeup on and you just go and you don't really like pay attention to the care underneath <laughs> for sure you don't and that's the other thing too because you're trying to have a good time so you're not even really probably thinking that those are the things you need to do but what I was also going to say is for ladies like me that don't want chafing of the skin 
the stockings are really helpful as well because it kind of releases that friction. One of my girlfriends told me this. And again, something else I was blown away by was you put your stocking on and you essentially put baby oil over the stocking to kind of just keep it moist, if you will, so that again, if your leg rubs or what have you, it won't be as bad. The other thing some people I've seen do is the deodorant where they'll put deodorant where it possibly may chafe because it's better than putting powder where everyone can see. <laughs> you know, you go down to take a wine, somebody sees some white, they're like, what's going on here? So you do like a deodorant on the area that may chafe. So those were some of the wow. things that I found to be I haven't helpful. heard of that one yet. I'm writing mm-hmm. it down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, deodorant. Okay. This is different. And then the baby oil, I was like, I didn't know. I thought of the baby oil for more of the juvet kind of parties, which are paint, powder, and all sorts of other things sometimes. But I thought that that was what would be really helpful for them. But apparently you can do it for mass as well. So everyone just protect yourself and make sure, you know, you're doing the best job to have the best time on the road because no one has time for foot problems, skin burns, none of that stuff when you are there and just in the zone and in the fun Not of it all. all. <laughs> you don't have time for it. Don't we don't have it. time for that. I remember being severely sunburned after day one on the road and the second day was torture putting on the actual costume. <laughs> like, oh my wow. God, the gold is going to hurt my chest. I just, Oh, yeah, you don't want to be yeah. that person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which means probably pack a small thing of aloe, right? Because aloe would probably yeah. cool the skin. Yeah. So <laughs> this list is growing. There's a lot of necessities <laughs> that are good for carnival. But of course, you want people to be safe and to have a good time. So my question is going to be, what's your favorite carnival? That is honestly so hard to say because I love them <laughs> all for different reasons. I mean, well, at this give point, us like top three. So the ones that I love, I can't really rank them, but I would say Trinidad, St. Lucia, and Jamaica. Those are and I, yeah, I think there's just something different about each of them. Um, and they have their own unique vibe that yeah, people are like, well, carnival is a carnival is a carnival. And it's just not true. Right. Trinidad, I love the spectacular nature of it. It's so grand. <laughs> like you go there and right. it's like, Everything's over the top. The music is always crazy and blasting. Like, such a cool atmosphere to me. So that's one of the reasons I love Trinidad so much. And I think it's maybe it's because, you know, the excitement at the top of the year mm-hmm. just kind of elevates that too. Jamaica, I think that's just like a biased view. Like <laughs> I have so many Jamaican friends and I go to Jamaica more than I visit Cameroon. <laughs> so wow. it's like a second home in a way to me just because I go there so often and so the carnival the music all of that is just very familiar and I just love it and I think that's the country I've played maps in the most I've been there for time for carnival wow I just love it yeah and St. Lucia last year was my first time but it was such an amazing experience I don't know if it was because it was my birthday month so July is just always a wonderful time for me. <laughs> I think that, you know, the music, of course, such a beautiful island. I think that it's like a perfect blend of, you yeah. know, the parties and that, but also a little time to rest and actually go to the beach and have like a 
vacation. You know, I think that that's one of the reasons I really like it. So I will say that I like St. Lucia for that reason. Also, I got to sneak in Barbados into this because I felt that when Mm. I went to Barbados for Cropover, I was able to get a little of both as well. So my Cropover experience, yeah, my Cropover experience was definitely a wonderful time, although it rained almost every single day. It was still one of the best times that I've ever had. And we were able to do some tourist things. We were able to engage with the locals and hang out with friends that are living there. And then we were able to party and have a good time. So it hit every single bucket that I would have wanted it to do. And it was at the time fairly reasonably priced as well. So that was something else that was like, okay, you know, this is a good way to experience their carnival. I had been to Barbados a few times before that outside of carnival, and it's just one of my favorite places ever. But experiencing their carnival was just like, okay, I can really feel this. I can get down with the music, you know, like it was just, I think, a really good time. In addition to like you're saying, Jamaica, Second Home, St. Lucia, there's something magical about that place. I don't know how to put it in words, but it was a really fun time. Like you, last year was my first time and it was one for the books. And then of course, Trinidad is just big and (laughs) like it starts (laughs) every other carnival or it kicks off the other carnivals, I think. But there's something special about Trinidad and maybe because most of the soca artists that we're familiar with are coming from Trinidad or coming out of Trinidad, there's a level of just like love and just pure energy that they bring when you see them performing and when you see them on the road and the DJs. It's just like everybody is conspiring together for you to have the best time. That's what it feels like every single time that I've gone to Trinidad. It's definitely one of my favorites for sure. But I'm really looking forward to experiencing all of these carnivals. Me too. I keep saying, I mean, (laughs) these are my top three. I keep going back and I keep telling myself, okay, Sandra, you need to explore other carnivals. You can't keep going to the same ones. But there's a reason I keep going back. It's just something about them. It's just so special. And they keep getting my money. (laughs) They keep getting your money. They bring you back in. And I think they know. So here's where they're using their marketing skills. They know how to draw people back in time and time and time again. And so... They're using those skill sets that we didn't touch on. What I was going to say as we close is where can listeners find you? Because clearly you are everywhere, right? When it comes to being at different carnivals and experiencing them. But for those that cannot probably get to a carnival, what's the closest way for them to keep up with Sandra? You can definitely read up about all my carnival trips or find a guide to help you plan your next carnival on my blog. and that's www.sandramangia.com. So I'm going to spell that out. www.sandramangia.com. That's my handle as well for kind of all my social media on Instagram, Sandra Mangi, Twitter as well. So S-A-N-D-R-A-M-A-N-D-I-E. I know that people have a hard time pronouncing my middle name. <laughs> I'm glad that you're pronouncing it too, because I'm sure they're like, say that again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is Mangia. That's how you really pronounce it. I know, just say it over and over again and you'll get it. <laughs> Got it. I like that. You're sharing yet again something new with the audience. So thank you so much for taking the time to be here 
to stop your carnival packing, <laughs> to talk about <laughs> carnival and your experience. I'm super appreciative of this time with you. And I look forward to carnivaling with you, fetching with you and all of these other cool things. But for those that will not have the pleasure of getting to do this with Sandra right away, as she said, you know where to find her. Stay tuned. She's going to have a lot more coming. So thank you again, Sandra. Thanks so much for having me. I always love to talk about carnival. So anytime. (laughs) (laughs) Sandra and I pre-recorded this episode and we did it right before, literally, I think it was a week before we went to Trinidad. So we were full of expectation, excitement, and just knowledge we wanted to share with you all. So hopefully you learned a lot during this episode and you can relate to a lot of what we were sharing. Hopefully you find it useful to share it with your network, share it with your tribe, share it with your carnival buddies. Don't forget to subscribe, to rate and review this podcast. And until next time, let's manifest. Thanks for listening.